Welcome, this is Voice of Change, a syndicated radio broadcast and podcast airing since 2011. Voice of Change is committed to raising the leader in you. And because time is the unit of life, I assure you that the next few minutes you have decided to invest in your own leadership journey will be rewarded with a definite paradigm shift. Stay with me on Voice of Change. Yesterday, the 12th of June, marks the 30th anniversary of the presidential election held on the 12th of June, 1993. I remember. It was quite a notable election because it was the first after the 1983 military coup. But with the fact that Nigerians came out in numbers to vote and the results showed that Basharu Mkeo Abiola was clearly in the lead. The election was annulled by General Ibrahim Badamat Babangida on the 24th of June, 1993. I have discussed in past episodes of Voice of Change the real reasons behind the annulment. It was the fact that the military, as we hear, were totally set against Basharu Mkeo Abiola becoming the president. And in fact, I threatened the head of state at the time that they would remove him if he did not make sure Abiola did not get there. And therefore, the election was annulled. Several issues were cited. Vote buying, the need to protect the country's judiciary, so many things. But at the end of the day, it appears that the military leadership were uneasy about Abiola's presidency. Consequently, the 12th of June has now, ironically, you may say, been declared Democracy Day. So, happy Democracy Day in Arias. On today's episode, we're still addressing the journey that's Nigeria. I say that because Nigeria itself is a journey. It has been an interesting journey to bring us to where we are now. I am hoping that I can take you on an immersive journey to Nigeria's remarkable path to independence, shedding light on key players, pivotal moments, and the underlying motives that shaped my nation's destiny. I can say don't touch the dial as we'll be right back after these messages. Voice of Change, offered by AB Consulting and Awesome Treasures Foundation Partners. Subscribe to Voice of Change podcast today on iTunes and Spotify and don't miss a single episode. Welcome back to Voice of Change. I'm your host, Olajumoke Adinawa, and you can reach me on Instagram. Also on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. Send to your friends. They will thank you for doing so. In the late 19th century, when Nigeria was a diverse land of kingdoms, tribes, and regions, as we have discussed in past episodes, the British, driven by their commercial interests, sought to establish control over the region. Why? What was commercially interesting? Do you still remember? There was palm oil, there was cocoa, there was rubber, there was cotton, there was groundnut. Yes, in Nigeria, we had all these resources. We're still addressing the agricultural resources. What about team in Plateau State? What about the coal in Elisha? What about the gold that was still under the ground? At this time, crude oil had not even been discovered because it was discovered in 1956 in Oloibiri in present-day Bayelsa State. So it was mostly agricultural resources to fuel the new industrial revolution in England. 
cotton to create textiles, palm oil, cocoa for chocolates, you name it. These were the resources that brought the British to Nigeria. And they had to control the region. What did they do? The amalgamation was their solution. The amalgamation of Nigeria in 1914 served the purpose of creating a centralized administrative unit. What for? For easier exploitation of the nation's abundant resources, of course. So in the north, you have groundnut and cotton, which you have to bring through the seaport in Lagos, from where in the southwest you are, to form a unit of the north and the south, regardless of tribe, of tongue, of culture, regardless of differences. It didn't matter. We were fused into one unit for the sake of easier exploitation of our abundant natural resources. In one word, this was Nigeria Incorporated. This was Nigeria, the company. And you may have guessed, as I said before, this was for the ease of the Royal Niger Company's exploitation of the nation's resources. Amidst this backdrop, a Nigerian nationalist named Herbert Macaulay of Lagos State now emerged as a key figure in the struggle for independence. Macaulay was a journalist and political activist and he tirelessly fought for the rights of Nigerians and promoted the idea of self-governance. He and others began to agitate for independence. There were people like Holy Johnson, a clergyman who would stage plays in his church. Plays sensitizing dramas that sensitize the people to the idea of nationalism, of independence, of self-determination. He later went on to join the Legislative Council. By 1956, Nigeria witnessed a significant turning point. The British colonial government had to recognize that there was a need for regional representation. And they organized a constitutional conference in London. This conference aimed to discuss the future of Nigeria and determine the path to self-governance. During this conference, the northern region, led by Sir Amado Bello, demanded a cautious approach to self-governance, emphasizing the need to protect the interests and the traditions of the north. These concerns were not shared by delegates from the southern region, who at this time believed that Nigeria was ready for independence. The 1956 Constitutional Conference packed intense debates. Finally, in 1957, Nigeria was granted internal self-government. And then the motion for independence was moved by who? Chief Anthony Enahoro, a prominent Nigerian nationalist at the House of Representatives in 1959. The motion for independence marked a historic occasion as it laid the groundwork for Nigeria's journey towards liberation. A country prepared for the momentous day, but not without hiccups. But on the 1st of October, 1960, Nigeria's dream of independence became a reality. The Independence Day ceremony was held in Lagos. It was a joyous occasion. Do you want to Google his speeches on YouTube? You'll be quite surprised. Do something for yourself, my listener. Google his visit to America and see how he was welcomed at that time. Nigeria, this big giant of Africa held so much promise for what Africa and its peoples would become and it was welcomed in a manner that befitted the prime minister of this new bright glorious country as you join me next week we will talk about 
all the people who played significant roles in, Nigerian, in Nigeria's independence, people like the late chief Obafemir Awolowo, one of the leading figures in Nigeria's nationalist movement, and he made important contributions to the political landscape. He was the founder and the leader of the action group. It is important that we never forget how we got here, the gains that we have made. We'll talk about policies like the free education policy. Yes, there was a time when education was qualitative and free, primary education in Nigeria. And scholarships were available to various levels. I never benefited from it because I hear Gen Z complain about how those who went before them have enjoyed the country, but they never benefited. I'm Generation X. The year I got into secondary school, a federal school, by the way, was when scholarships were stopped and therefore I was never a beneficiary. The populace, one way or the other, has been let down by the dream that is Nigeria. But I believe, I believe that a patriot does not give up on their country. They hope, they believe, they walk towards the country of their dreams. A patriot is one who believes that their country is blessed by having them burn in it. A patriot is one that loves his country because the country is his or her country. Join me next week as we continue this journey into the past, as we seek to understand the forces that have shaped our future. Well, our dreams, we've been gone.